Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today's guest is Ryan McDermott, who's the CEO of Phoenix Copper Limited, who are aim listed North American focused emerging producer who are looking to bring back the historical producing Empire Mine in Idaho, the USA, um, back into production. They carried out a drilling program that has generated copper, gold, silver, and zinc resource, and now they're carrying out a feasibility study on this. Um, Ryan is a geologist by trade and has a wealth of experience in mining and mineral exploration um, in base and precious metals within the region. So um, he's poised to obviously develop this into a huge profitable mine. So that's welcome, Ryan, to the podcast, and um, he can tell us more about Phoenix Copper. How are you doing, Ryan? Good, Rob. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Not too bad in uh, in the UK, and uh, obviously where you are, it's uh, obviously snowing as we uh, as we've just saying before uh, before we're uh, obviously recording this. Springtime, um, springtime in the Rocky Mountains, pretty typical. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just wondering if you can uh, give the audience a little bit about uh, background about yourself, um, obviously your career to where you are today. Uh, maybe tell the audience anything that they may not know about yourself or people, general people that know you may not know about you. Um, so, yeah, just want to even give us a, a little bit about your uh, career. Sure. Uh, well, Rob, I was born and raised in Idaho, uh, which is, uh, as you mentioned, where our projects are located. Um, I have a geology degree from a university here in Idaho. It's Idaho State University, in fact. Uh, I started my career on a project adjacent to our empire project at Mackey. Uh, so I'm pretty well versed in, in the local and regional geology here. Uh, I went to work for a company called Kinross Gold uh, in the 90s and early 2000s, uh, worked all over the world for them, and uh, always told myself that, that I would come back to Idaho no matter what. And I did that about five years ago, actually longer ago than that, I came back six or seven years ago with my family. And uh, I'll be darned if I didn't have the opportunity to, to uh, get on board with this project uh, with Phoenix and Mackie. And coincidentally, uh, Mackie, Idaho is the birthplace of my great grandmother and my, my uh, grandmother and my dad. So it, it's near and dear to my heart. Yeah, so obviously there's a bit of history with yourself and, and yeah. the area. And um, yeah, I wonder if you can just give us a just brief overview, because obviously we've got people listening in from all over the world. Um, just a brief o overview of, of the area of Idaho as a state. Yeah, you bet. So Idaho is located in the western, uh, western U.S. Uh, in the Rocky Mountain region. In fact, the, the Rocky Mountains that extend from the southern tip of uh, Argentina and Chile um, as a as a, a tectonic regional or global tectonic region they extend from the southern tip of south america all the way up into canada and it just so happens that they go th right through the middle of idaho 
Um, the Empire Project is located on the eastern flank of the Rocky Mountains, right smack dab in the center of, of Idaho. Uh, the Rocky Mountains, as you know, are very well known for, for their mineral deposits, um, copper, gold, zinc, uh, silver, lots of other base metals, uh, molybdenum, uh, and that's probably probably the primary reason why we see the mineralization we do in, in Mackey. It's ultimately related to that larger uh, continental continental structure. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been to the Rocky Mountains. Definitely a, a place I would like to uh, visit one day. I've been to America a couple of times, so um, perhaps I could uh, get a site visit soon. So, um, you bet, man. This, this is the best part of America right here. I'm a little biased, but. Okay. <laughs> we need to make a visit. Um, I wonder if you can give uh, the audience an overview of uh, Phoenix Copper. Um, so a little bit about the history, about the company, um, and what you're actually getting involved in now at the moment. Uh, yeah, Phoenix was formed uh, by a couple of our existing shareholders, Dennis Thomas and, and uh, Roger Turner, in 2015, 2016. Um, the company picked up an option on the current Empire project about that same time. Uh, we executed the first uh, active field season in 2017 following, uh, following IPO of the company. And uh, we executed it about a 10,000 foot drilling program in 2017 that added drill holes to uh, the project, which at that time had over 200 holes in it already, uh, which is one of the reasons the company was interested in it. Um, it was a known SCARN, uh, known mineralized area that had been drilled quite extensively prior to our involvement. Uh, in 2018, we executed a large drilling program, uh, reverse circulation and core, as well as some metallurgical test work. Uh, and then we did the same, same thing in 2020. Uh, that's on the primary on our primary empire deposit, which is a copper SCARN that we believe over, over, sits over top of a, a tungsten molly porphyry. Uh, and then adjacent to that, we have a couple of other projects, the uh, Red Star project, which is really in the empire block. It's just a, it appears to be a manifestation of the deeper uh, sulfide roots of the SCARN system that are exposed near surface in that area. Um, we also are exploring the deep sulfide, the roots that, that mineralize the, the SCARN. Uh, that's really a pretty exciting project. That was mined prior to World War II uh, quite extensively. Uh, at that time, they produced about 700,000 tons of ore with copper grades uh, up to as high as 8% delivered to the smelter. There was a smelter on site uh, at that time. Um, and in fact, just a side note, my, my great-grandfather and my grandfather both mucked ore underground at Empire. So I, I remember uh, a lot of the old stories, at least from my grandfather, uh, about working underground uh, and mining conditions prior to World War II. I think we've made a lot of positive improvements since then. <laughs> oh, hopefully you have, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm, I'm surprised that some of the stories my grandfather told, I'm surprised he was still alive to tell them. So... <laughs> Anyway, uh, uh, my point there being that Empire has been around for a long time. It's a known, it's a known quantity. Um, the technology to process copper oxide is, is a fairly new technology. 
uh, you know, over the last 30 or 40 years. It's a technology that, that pre-World War II uh, miners didn't have. Um, so they really didn't touch the, the, uh, the oxide deposit that we're, we're currently working on as an open pit. Uh, and then we have another project uh, it sits about four miles to the north of Empire. It's a, a gold uh, a gold project called Navarre Creek. Uh, it sits right on the margin of the Empire Block, uh, the Scarn Block, and the, the uh, volcanics in the area. Uh, so we're, we're planning on drilling that, doing some geophysics this summer, and we're pretty excited about it. it that is the largest uh, land holding that we have in the area. So we're we're planning on a on a busy busy field season. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it sounds like it. And obviously, it sounds Idaho has a strong history in the obviously in in the mining sector. I wonder if you can give us a an overview of I suppose the state and the mining history um, that Idaho has. Uh, obviously, Idaho has. You bet. Um, well, there's an extensive amount of silver and lead mining in the northern part of the state near the Canadian border in what's called the, the Silver Valley. Um, uh, Idaho was largely founded on mining. It included that area as well as, as uh, miners from the California gold rush that came north in the 1850s and 60s uh, and made significant gold discoveries uh, within the state at that time. Um, the, the area around Mackey, around Empire, uh, at one time, I mean, that, that town was, was formed as a result of the mine. It was, it was built to, to support the mine. Um, my guess right now is about half of the people that live in Mackey are directly related to uh, some of the miners from pre-World War II times. The, the high school mascot in Mackey is the Mackey Miners. So mining is very deeply rooted in the community. The community understands the economic benefits. Uh, and, and quite frankly, they understand some of the technology. It's not, it's not new to them. And all of that put together uh, has equated to a lot of support for what we're doing in the community. Um, and we, do, we really do appreciate that community support. Yeah. And we, and we, and, and we're, we hope that it pays off in spades for the community, uh, mining wages and, and uh, all of the downstream thing, economic uh, things that go along with, with mining should benefit that community immensely. Yeah. What, what other local attractions are there in the area, uh, obviously, besides, besides the mining? Yeah, well, other than mining, uh, that valley is really agriculturally based, uh, ran, farming and ranching. Um, as well, Central Idaho has become very popular with outdoor recreationists. Uh, it's always been popular for fishing and hunting, but with the advent of the modern mountain bike and uh, four-wheel ATVs and motorcycles, uh, that draws a lot of those recreationists there as well. So a pretty outdoor sort of lifestyle state, you would say, compared very to probably outdoor, some other very, states. Very outdoor oriented. That's the advantage of having the Rocky Mountains come right through the middle of the state. Yes, yeah, certainly, certainly. Um, um, yeah, so I want to give us an update on Thing It's Copper, um, as you've just recently released um, a new economic model and raised over £18 million um, pounds from the market. Uh, sure, Rob. So, yeah, we, we issued a, a new economic model uh, that has incorporated um, the recovery of gold, silver, copper, and zinc 
uh, from the from the Empire Open Pit. The, the current model calls for a, about a seven-year open pit mine life with a 10-year processing life um, and includes a little over 14 million metric tons of metric tons of oxide ore uh, from the open pit. On the back of that, uh, we just recently completed a, a subscription and, and open offer. And I think all total, we raised about 18 million sterling, uh, which at today's uh, uh, conversion rate is something on the order of 22 or 23 million US. That is very exciting for a couple of reasons. With that money, we don't believe we'll have to go back for any other equity raises between now and the time of construction for the empire. So there won't be any uh, shareholder, any further shareholder dilution. More importantly to me, uh, being on the ground as the operator, we, we have the funding to move the Empire program, the Red Star program, and the VAR program forward uh, without any delay. And, and in fact, we've started that uh, immediately. Um, so it's always pretty exciting to have the funding and the staff and everything you need to move a project uh, without any hiccups. Yeah. Um, wonder also if we can um, talk a little bit more about the copper market. Um, and obviously Phoenix position um, to supply the American market um, as Bush pushes his sustainability uh, policies. Yeah, you bet. Well, if you paid any attention to the news, the new, the new administration in Washington, D.C. is very pro-green uh, uh, energy, and that, that requires copper, it requires cobalt, it requires a number of base metals for electrification, uh, namely electric electric automobiles. Um, copper really being the primary metal in all of that. Uh, so we believe that the, from a regulatory standpoint, the federal government will be very, very uh, um, easy to work with when it comes to permitting. Uh, we're in an easily permitted area anyway. Uh, and the, this, this whole green movement really helps us with copper being our primary product. So it currently stands, copper represents about 60% of the metal value in the deposit. Um, with that, we also believe we'll get quite a lot of NGO support uh, because NGOs typically are all about, you know, green, green energy and a, and a green way forward. And again, like I said, that requires copper. And that will be our, our primary output. Yeah. You mentioned obviously that. Yeah. You mentioned obviously 60% copper. Um, what's the other commodities um, percentage wise? Uh, we have we have zinc, we have gold and silver. And the important thing to point out with that is the, the gold and silver is is really considered a byproduct. Uh, we have gold and silver that occurs in the deposit associated with the copper. So as we mine ore for copper and for zinc, uh, the gold and silver will come, come with that. So we're not, we're not opening a, a gold mine or a silver mine that has nothing to do with, that has nothing to do with uh, green energy. That just happens to be a byproduct. So that's beneficial to us. It's beneficial to shareholders. And it'll just, I, I call it a bonus. It'll be a very, very nice bonus, in fact. Certainly, and, and obviously with the uh, prices rising, um, that's just going to be obviously an icing on the cake, as you would as you would say. 
Hey, I'll tell you what, $4 plus copper, uh, zinc, buck uh, 25 plus, and, um, and of course, precious metals. Anytime you get silver to $25, and in my opinion, gold anywhere above $1,500, it's pretty, pretty favorable. Yeah, certainly. Um, so why don't you give us an overview of the, the mining industry in the US? Obviously, we, we've got a lot of listeners from all over the world. Um, so I just want to, yeah, if you can give us an overview of what's, what's happening in the mining industry within the US, um, obviously give us a, an overview and possibly where you see, possibly where you can see improvements being made or any challenges that you see within the industry. Uh, sure. Well, what, what I'll do is let's focus on metal mining because uh, that, that's obviously what, what Phoenix is involved in is metal mining. Yeah. Uh, in the western U.S., specifically uh, northern, northern Nevada, which is a, a three-hour drive south of us, is kind of the heart of, of gold and silver production in the U.S. Uh, companies like Barrick, Newmont um, are, are headquartered there. Uh, tens of millions of ounces of gold are poured in that area uh, every year. Uh, and then we have companies, the likes of Rio Tinto um, and uh, in Utah, which is four hours south of us, uh, working on a, a somewhat similar type of porphyry. Uh, that mine's been in operation for something like 120 or 130 years. That's so quite a, quite a resource there. And uh, the copper resources in Arizona. One thing that I'll point out, the majority of the existing copper operations in the Western U.S. Are, are, have matured. They've resulted in very deep pits. Uh, operating costs are fairly high. Uh, and, and they are slowly, actually not slowly, they're very quickly running out, of, running out of resources. And there's not a lot of new copper operations coming online, either in the U.S. or anywhere else. That, that positions us very, very well in the, in the copper market. Uh, if we come online here in the next couple of years, we will be one of the 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 only new producers really coming online uh, providing copper, and I, I think that'll be very beneficial to us from a from a, uh, a sales standpoint. Yeah, no, certainly. And um, what excites you about this particular project? Obviously, you you're you you know the area very well, um, and obviously you've come back to the area. What excites you about this particular project? Well, like you said, number one, I'm, I'm home, and uh, that, that's very exciting. But the fact that, uh, the, you know, we have over 400 drill holes in the primary scar, and there's no, no doubt in anybody's mind that the resource is there and it exists, uh, as we've stated it does. Uh, it's near surface, so it's amenable to very simple, simple open pit mining. Uh, the process uh, SXEW uh, copper production is proven um, and uh, the technology is proven. Uh, again, it's very straightforward. And the other, the other important thing that, that I like about this project, we're located in a valley that has no direct uh, connection to the Pacific Ocean. And that's important because there are no salmon or steelhead and no anadromous fish of any kind um, in Idaho and in the rest of the Western U.S. One of the biggest hurdles to mine permitting is interaction of surface and groundwater with mining activity. We, we just simply don't, we don't have that uh, at Empire. Um, the old 
uh, underground workings extend from the go from the top of the top of the mountain at an elevation about 8,800 feet uh, down to a down to a production drift that was finished in the early 1940s, and that drift sits 1,600 feet below the the top of the mountain. There's not so much as a drip of water in any of those workings. So we don't, we don't have surface water. Importantly, we don't have groundwater issues to deal with. So from a permitting standpoint, this is a very straightforward project. Um, it is in my home state. I'm all about uh, environmental compliance. I'm an outdoorsman besides being a miner. Uh, so I think we can get this done and we can do it in a very responsible, uh, ethical manner. Yeah. What challenges do you see then? Um, or what challenges have you had to overcome? Obviously, you mentioned a lot of things have been running pretty smoothly. What challenges do you have you come across, or what challenges do you think you may be facing? The, the biggest risk to this project is really out of our hands, and that's metal price. And that's a challenge that everybody in the industry has. Uh, we're, we're fortunate right now. We mentioned four dollar copper, dollar twenty five zinc. Um, good, uh, solid, precious metal prices. Um, aside from that, this, this is a very straightforward uh, project so far, and I don't anticipate that to change. Okay. Um, and concluding, what's the, uh, what's the outlook for Phoenix Copper um, if we look over the next, I don't know, short to medium term, up to the next sort of five years? Now, let's talk about some of our immediate milestones. Uh, the current plan is to issue a plan of operations and reclamation plan to the permitting agencies in June of this year. Uh, that starts the permitting clock. Uh, it should be very, very simple and straightforward, considering we have all of the baseline data uh, that is required. And we've been collecting that since 2017. Um, that should put us in a position, in a record of decision position in, in mid 2022 and will allow us to move forward with construction at that time. And, uh, and I would think, uh, you know, production within six months of, of that record of decision. Um, <clears throat> as I mentioned before, we will be drilling and performing geophysics at Red Star and Navarre Creek uh, this summer. Uh, we also plan to do some work on the deep sulfides so those projects projects uh, should follow through, you know, within a year or two of of, uh, of the open pitted empire. Assuming, of course, that we can put together a mineable a mineable geometry, and that's what we're that's the exploration work we're doing right now. Okay, it sounds a really exciting project, and um, definitely a lot of obviously potential, especially in the copper space. So. Um, I'll certainly be um, watching you, uh, watching you guys and your and your progress as well. And um, yeah, we'll be following that. So um, really appreciate your time, Ryan. Um, if our audience wants to sort of reach out to you and contact you, contact you, how can they go about doing that? And are you on any sort of social media platforms? Uh, my my email address is on our company website, and that's uh, phoenixcopperlimited.com. Okay, no worries. I'll put that in the show notes accompanying uh, this podcast. Um, so really appreciate your time, Ryan. And for those listening, appreciate if you can share this, uh, this um, episode with people that you know in the industry, especially people that are 
in the US or even in Canada. Also, people that are in the copper space as well. Um, I think they'd be really interested to hear what um, Phoenix Copper are doing. Um, so really appreciate you sharing this episode. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, again, appreciate if you can share and like um, this, this episode so uh, more people can actually uh, view, view this content. So until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.